Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. One from me and one from former host Tracy V. Wilson. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's November 16th. The Battle of Cajamarca took place on this day in 1532, and it's also described as a massacre. This was committed by Francisco Pizarro and his men against the Inca people of what's now Peru. When this happened, the Inca Empire had just been through an enormous epidemic and a civil war, and the epidemic had actually sparked the civil war. Emperor Huayna Capac both of his governors, and multiple other important leaders had died in this epidemic. And then Huayna Capac named one of his sons as his successor. But that son died in the epidemic himself before he could even be notified of the decision. And then his father died also before news got back to him about the death of his son. This interrupted the imperial line of succession, and 19-year-old Huascar went to war against his half-brother Atahualpa, both of them being sons of the previous emperor. The resulting civil war went on for four years, with Atahualpa ultimately winning. This war had just ended when Francisco Pizarro arrived on the coast of what's now Peru, He was following the example of Hernán Cortés's conquest of the Aztec Empire. He was planning to take a small force inland and capture Atahualpa, who the Inca viewed as a divine ruler. That was actually what Cortés had done with the Aztec Emperor Moctezuma II. Moctezuma was killed when this happened, although it's not clear exactly how or by whom. Pizarro and his force of just 168 men took a treacherous mountain road from the coast inland to Cajamarca, which is where Atahualpa was encamped. The city itself was almost empty, with Atahualpa's force of between 40,000 and 80,000 men not far away. Once they got into the city, Pizarro concealed his men in buildings that were arranged around Cajamarca's central square, and then they invited Atahualpa to have a meeting with them. The night before this meeting, Atahualpa had held a ceremonial dinner to celebrate his victory over his half-brother, and this dinner went on late into the night. It involved lots of intoxicating beverages. So when he entered Cajamarca the next day, he was carried on a litter with about 7,000 retainers, and they weren't necessarily at their best. Most of them were also unarmed because they were not coming there with a fighting force or with any idea of having any kind of battle. Atahualpa was a divine emperor. He expected to be treated that way by this visitor to his empire. Inside the city, Atahualpa was greeted by a friar who talked to him about Christianity and also delivered a Spanish document that was called the Requirement. The Requirement was meant to inform indigenous peoples that Spain had given its representatives the moral, religious, and legal right to conquest— Of course, the requirement was often delivered in Spanish, and that was often a language that the people they were talking to did not speak. There was, though, an interpreter in Cajamarca that day. During this exchange with the friar, the friar had a Bible, and sources really differ about what happened, but they all 
end up with the Bible on the ground, either having been knocked down or thrown or dropped. And when that happened, Pizarro's men burst out from hiding, and they massacred nearly all of Atahualpa's retinue, and they took him prisoner. Pizarro's force saw almost no casualties in this, while Atahualpa's force, being mostly unarmed, were just massacred. Atahualpa was Pizarro's prisoner until July 26th of 1553 when he was put on trial after there were allegations that he was mounting an attack force. He was executed. Pizarro attempted to use the emperors that followed Atahualpa as his puppets, although one of them, named Manco Inca, ultimately rebelled against Spain and established a completely separate Inca capital. Tupac Amaru is considered to be the last Inca emperor, and he was executed on September 24th, 1572, less than 20 years after Atahualpa's execution. You can learn more about this in the April 4th, 2018 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class called Cajamarca and the End of the Inca Empire. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on the show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for A Murderous Castle. Hello, history lovers. I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History Class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was November 16, 1938. Swiss chemist Dr. Albert Hoffman first synthesized lysergic acid diethylamide, better known as LSD, in Sandoz Laboratories in Basel, Switzerland. LSD is a psychoactive hallucinogenic drug that has since been used in psychiatry and government research and recreationally. After Hoffman graduated from the University of Zurich with a doctorate in medicinal chemistry, he began working at the pharmaceutical company Sandoz Laboratories. In the 1920s, Sandoz began producing drug compounds that were derived from ergot, a grain fungus. For centuries, people had recognized the effects of ergot, which, when consumed, could cause vomiting, headaches, gangrene, convulsions, and hallucinations. Ergot was also known for its medicinal properties, and Sandoz developed gynergen, a headache medicine, using ergotamine isolated from ergot fungus. As a research chemist at Sandoz, Hoffman worked with lysergic acid, a compound extracted from ergot alkaloids. He studied derivatives of lysergic acid, and he did experiments fusing lysergic acid with other compounds. Lysergic acid is unstable, but Hoffman managed to synthesize a more stable synthetic version that he called Lysergic Saura Diathlamid 25 on November 16, 1938. Saura is the German word for acid. It was numbered 25 because it was the 25th compound that Hoffman made for the project. LSD-25 did not seem like it had any useful medical properties at the time, even though the research report noted that the animals in the experiment became restless during the narcosis. That ergot project was discontinued, but five years after the initial discovery, Hoffman decided to return to LSD-25. He later wrote, quote, 
A peculiar presentiment, the feeling that this substance could possess properties other than those established in the first investigations, induced me, five years after the first synthesis, to produce LSD-25 once again so that a sample could be given to the pharmacological department for further tests. In 1943, as he searched for substances that could work as circulatory or respiratory stimulants, he synthesized LSD-25 again. That April, Hoffman accidentally absorbed a dose of LSD while working in the lab. Three days later, he intentionally ingested LSD so he could test its effects. Soon after he took the dose, he wrote in his journal that he felt dizziness, anxiety, symptoms of paralysis, and a desire to laugh, and that he saw visual distortions. He asked his lab assistant to escort him home, and they left the lab on a bicycle since there were wartime restrictions on cars. Once home, Hoffman said that the room spun, furniture appeared threatening, and his neighbor had transformed into a, quote, malevolent, insidious witch. The 0.25 milligram dose he had taken was around 10 times larger than the threshold dose he should have taken, so the effects were intense. Hoffman wrote a report and sent it to his supervisors. Other employees tried LSD, and soon it was determined to be a non-toxic psychotropic compound. And Hoffman continued to dose himself, convinced it could be useful in psychiatric treatment. In 1947, Sandoz began offering LSD to researchers and medical professionals under the brand name Delsit for experimental trials. Psychiatry and psychotherapy professionals, as well as Hoffman himself, had hoped that the drug could be useful in therapeutic treatments for people with schizophrenia. Military officials working with the Central Intelligence Agency in the U.S. also experimented with LSD in Project MKUltra, a program developed to figure out procedures for interrogation and mind control. When casual recreational use of LSD picked up in the 1960s, Hoffman criticized misuse of the drug, which was often taken without supervision or in dangerous amounts and manufactured in poor conditions. Though it's relatively non-toxic and not addictive, many governments around the world banned LSD after deaths related to its use were reported and it was found to pose psychological risk for people susceptible to psychosis. Scientific trials of LSD were shut down. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any burning questions or comments, you can leave us a note at Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If email's your thing, send us a note at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.